30 millimeter miniatures, you'll make about four, five, six hundred pounds depending on complexity. So on my scale, that's a day and a half maximum. So I've got, if I get one of those jobs in, I have to sculpt it within at least two days. And if it's over a day and a half, then I'm starting to lose money. You're listening to Art Heroes Podcast, the show to help you thrive as a digital artist. Tune in to learn how to transform your passion into a career. Get inspired by other kick-ass 2D and 3D artists and find out what it takes to be an art hero. Hi, James, and welcome to our Heroes podcast. Thanks so much for coming on the show. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. Hi, guys. And uh, we're having James Cairns today, uh, right? uh, Live from the UK, right, James? Yes, that's right. Yeah, in sunny Kent. Um, it's, I can, as I say that, the wind is Sunny. rushing against the window. It's pouring down with rain, but oh classic, God. classic English. Oh my weather. God! Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like sunny, amazing sunny Kent. All right. <laughs> so before we go ahead, I'll just uh, do a quick intro uh, for those of you guys who haven't seen James' work. James is uh, uh, a digital sculptor working freelance in the toy and collectibles industry, and uh, James worked with uh, pretty cool clients like DreamWorks, XM Studios, Axis. Sideshow, Universal Studios, uh, Hasbro UK, right? Anyway, yeah. like, you know. Yeah, no, no, that's right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about collectibles and about toys, but also about James. I think that's our main topic. So thanks again <laughs> for coming, Jay. <laughs> oh, no, you're welcome. It, um, it's going to be fun. Yes, definitely. All <laughs> right. Um, I know a little bit of your story. And mm-hmm. let's start with that. Like, how did you start it with the whole sculpting? Oh, the whole as, art know? thing. Oh, with yeah. the whole, that whole art thing. How did it come to you? With, like, well, first... I, I think, um, it's funny enough, I, I, well, I started, I mean, I drew, I drew, like, when I was a kid, I loved drawing. Um, but I kind of had this thing, at school where I had the choice, you know, I've been doing art, well, art was my probably favorite subject at school at the time. And um, I I was never any good at maths or I I was not pretty good at English, but really art was my main focus. But all of a sudden I kind of had got this interest in computers. So I had this kind of point um, later on in school where I had choice between computers and art. And I actually chose um, computers um, much to, the disappointment of my art tutor and um, and so I actually went in that direction at that point in my life and when I graduated from school I ended up in uh, doing sort of manual labor jobs and then helping out doing IT work and and I got to a point where I was I wanted a bit more out of things I, I wasn't particularly happy with where I was and this was in my mid-20s um, so I think the catalyst for it really was um, being given been given some work for the people I worked for at the time they said well why you know can can are you any good at art can you do a, you know can you make a logo for us so I actually did that That's, and then yeah, I, okay. I and it was it was so much fun and I remember on the train home thinking yeah this is actually this is something that I can do and it kind of you forget I, I, as an adult when you grow up you kind of forget that thing that you loved as a kid and then you kind of I kind of put it to one side and then all of a sudden it came back Wow. Under my head, and I was like, wow, you know. Um, and then from that, I guess uh, I went, I decided to go back to art school. 
this is um, so goddamn inspiring you know just like kind of you know like thinking to yourself that you're good at something or like you know you like doing something so you went back yeah. to the art school yeah back to art school so i i studied at um uh, the kent institute of art and design which is only up the road from me uh, it's a very actually i don't know if you know brian froud but he studied Definitely. there um and uh so it was it's a very prestigious school and um i, I went i studied illustration there and I, I graduated with a first class degree in about 2006 um and uh yeah wow. it was it was great fun actually we did um like a we did everything we did but we did a gallery show up in london as well for the end uh, end of the year at the end of the sort of course and that was up in opposite the ritz down dover street so it's in the really prominent like we had this amazing gallery uh, an opening night and we all got completely rat assed and definitely yeah as you do as you do um but yeah it was great it, you felt like a proper artist you know um so yeah it was a great it was a great time in my life it was definitely a time of discovery um, right um, but then after that you kind of Every, every, everyone sort of moves on it's like the band stops playing and everyone leaves and you're kind of left there on your own and uh um, you kind of felt like that and you're out in the dark and not you're not really taught how to how to make a living out of yeah. it you know and so i struggled for a little bit i did design work i couldn't make it as an illustrator because i just didn't have passion for it i, right. I realized i i it just wasn't me you know i i, I I had to, it's funny because I had to make myself draw, which is right. not what you want to do. You want to, you yeah. want it to happen naturally. Um, so about, I think five years ago, five or six years ago, I picked up, I had ZBrush and um, I started to, I started to use it, but I, I didn't start to use it professionally. I was like, well, I, I'm going to just sort of play around with it. I'm going to make some stuff I like out of games and just, you know, see what I can do. So were you in like into like video games and stuff or? Yeah, I was as a kid. Yeah, I think like well, especially I'm that age, you know, like I'm, I'm well, I'm forty, but I'm you know I grew up around in the eighties around. What did you play? What were everything? Your... Everything. I used to love. I love art. I used to. I actually go through little phases of loving different genres. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of like. I mean. I remember playing the X-Wing games on, on, on the PC. Like, I mean, we're, I'm really showing my age now. Um, but <laughs> when they first came out, they were awesome. I'm sure many people can relate, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, we had a ZX Spectrum as well here. That was a big thing for me Like, and when I was really young. And I just remember sitting there and you'd have to, have to wait for half an hour for everything to load. And But I used to really like, I don't know if you know, but I, I, like, I used to like the Dizzy games. There were these games called Dizzy. I don't know it was a little egg with little feet and, and it was oh. a side-scrolling platform thing. I liked the <laughs> ah, yes, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, now I know. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, they're one of the first Codemasters games, actually, when, back when they were yes. like a really small development team, you know. And uh, yeah, it was great. And I, I used to go, because um, WH Smith at the time, which is a shop in, in the UK, um, would be, would be the only place you could find these games because there wouldn't be game stores. There was no game stores back in the day. So yeah. you'd, you'd have to walk all the way through this massive kind of bookstore and, and, and shop and it would be all the games would be, all the cassettes would be right at the back of the store. And I just yes, remember, I remember like, that. begging yeah. my mum to buy them. You know, can I have that one? You know? <laughs> so that kind of like inspired a little bit the future ZBrush passion. 
I think so, yeah. I think because the ZBrush is still quite a prominent, uh, prominently used in the games industry. And yeah, it's 100%. That's why, I, yeah, because I, I considered that as, as, a, as a career pursuit, actually. You know, I was like, well, I need to, I've got this art degree. I need to use it. I, need to, I can't just sort of have to relearn something or go back into right. IT. That'll just kill me. So I thought, well, you know, I, I'll have a look at what software's around. And actually, that's why I had ZBrush. I had Maya and everything else. Yeah. I actually, um, I actually put a load of games work up on uh, Steam, mm-hmm. actually, up on because I was a big fan of Team Fortress. So I did a load of stuff yeah. like that, and I taught myself how to polymodel and all of that. But it never really inspired me that much. But ZBrush, I just sort of, Got, right. It just worked. It was so how long did it actually like take you to you know like to master it from from zero to when you could charge? I think over it was a it was a gradual thing, but I I really threw myself into it. So I would work on it every day. I, I honestly, I'm just trying to think. It's very difficult to think about the exact time I started to pick it up, but um, I think probably about a year. Probably. Okay. Over, okay. Over a year, so. Uh, and then I literally started getting my first freelance work after that. Right. Um, Do you remember what was your first freelance gig in the yeah. first? <laughs> well, it's funny because you, you have these things. Not only do you have these moments in your life, but you also have these people as well that, that, know, that you meet and they push you at the right time, whether oh, yes. it's for their own benefit or yours or whatever. They're just there. And they give you a push. And, and I guess as an artist, like, we need that a little bit as well because – we always have this self-doubt thing. Like, oh, yes. You know, <laughs> you probably know this very well. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, very, very well, yes. <laughs> we're crazy self-doubt. So, um, and actually, uh, a guy called Ed, Ed, Ed Barnett Ward contacted me uh, out of the blue. It's seen some of the stuff that I put up on ZBrush Central. Um, and he, um, he said, look, look, I'm, I'm, I make toys. Um, and do you want to do you want some work? And I said, yeah, sure. Um, and actually, so the first thing I did was Kids Clue, Kids Clue though. So I did all the pieces for Kids. So the right. current version has got my. This problem. is so cool. Yeah, um, but there were tiny little things, and, and and it was like, and I had to do them in about one or two days. So it was a real challenge. Uh, but I think that sometimes that's the best way to learn to throw yourself into something, and you kind of have to be. Um, you can't you can't worry about it you've just got to do it um and yeah. you'll learn so much from from that and i, I did i learned a lot from that and it's a project i'm still really proud of actually wow so and like i mean it was the first paid project for you it was that's the first paid um i guess the big thing before that was i mean i i was i put my stuff up on tumblr and i had had, had a few likes and got, generated a bit of interest but i actually got an email from jaime and Abel, um, the COO of Pixelogic, and just out of the blue, and he said, "James, why why don't you put your stuff on Zebra Central?" And I was like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> and uh, I didn't reply. I actually left it. <laughs> I was like, I I bottled it. I didn't. I, I wasn't. I thought, well, no, I don't want to. You know, I don't. I don't know. I, did, I got all of sort of protected. And uh, actually, about a week later, he emailed me back and said. Why haven't you put it up? <laughs> oh my God, seriously. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I, I was like, yeah, this is a ki- another kick up the arse. I, probably yes. um, I put it up on the up on ZBrush Central and um, it went top row. It went top wow. row straight. Wow, okay. And so again, th- those That's two things. That's huge. That's yeah. huge. 
yeah exactly I, I mean those two things and those two people whether whatever their motives were you know they they did big things for me personally you know in terms of getting me to actually understand what I had it was a, a tangible thing that I could use and make a career out of um and that was those that, those two things were really important sort of wow that, love that, that. Really, help me today you know like they, they, they keep me going and it's nice because I see Ed every now and then on Facebook I don't I don't stay in touch with him as much as I should but I obviously see Jaime as well uh, at the summit and it's nice to, to yeah you know to get, get in touch you know stay in touch with them and let them know how I'm doing wow so what was your journey then from getting the first gig to actually getting like you know pretty much a steady flow of gigs because you know it's well, that's not, the difficulty you know, and especially in the sculpture so industry it's, it's difficult um and uh, so I started in miniatures. Funny enough, I, I, a company contacted me to do like a, a range of miniatures for them, um, and that mainly that was from being visible in in the, in the industry. Really, you just got to be there, hovering. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I guess there's two parts to it: is how good you are and how visible you are. Um, and if you if one is missing, I absolutely love that. Thank you yeah. for saying that. I think you, you can be the best bold. sculptor in the world, but you not share your work or kind of hide away. No one's, no one's going to find you. Or you could be, or you could have no talent and, and all visibility, and then it, no one's going to find you. So you've got to find that balance. And um, so I had, I think I had both at the time. If I say so uh, myself, but I had both, and um, that that's what that's what happened. So literally, because I was visible, I did a few articles for Three D Creative Magazine at the time, which doesn't yep. exist anymore. But uh, it was made by Three D Total. Those guys were really kind to me, and they said, "Look, I, I bought myself a three D printer, and I did a load of articles on that." Um, and that that all contributed. And then people, when people like or clients, potential clients, sort of thinking, "Well, I need to. I've got all these miniatures. I need to do. Who do I contact?" Well, of course, the first thing they do. Look on social media, look on our station, look on whatever, and they find that you know they contact the first people that stand out to them. So yeah. that's the that's the reality. So if you're not in that list, if you're not there, yeah. you're not going to be you know not not going to be contacted. So that was what I, I think I did right. No, so I literally from that I got I got this uh, miniature gig for for a company called Massive Awesome, <laughs> and okay. they, they did this thing called uh, they did this game called Shattered Earth. And I, I did a whole faction of their characters for them, um, and that was that was again that was great because I had to learn on on the fly. I had to learn yeah. how to engineer things and put things together. And well, you just have to deliver, I guess, right? And then you know exactly, yeah. Nobody um, cares how you're going to do that. No, they just nope. want it. No, yep. exactly. So, uh, but that was great, and that from that, then of course I got it just snowballed from there. And uh, it was a good place to start in sculpture because miniatures, they have their own, there's, there's a craft to it. that They have their own kind of, um, it's its own discipline within the sort of sculpture business, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, but it's a good way to start because it's nowhere near as demanding as doing a full quarter scale. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so you normally, I mean, now I would spend about one or two days on a, on a miniature. It would take okay. One Otherwise, it's not worth my time. That's good for you yeah um so uh that that really but then it just snowballed and then i just started to get bigger stuff and people just yeah. go, going to the summit helped as well again that's all about the visibility end of things if people if you're with other artists you get associated you know name by association all yeah. of that it helps you know um yeah 
Yeah. Yep. So it got to the point where I was getting contact by people like Sideshow and XM Studios, who I'd yeah. actually met a lot of them before they contacted me as well physically. Right. And I think in today's world of social media and, and all of that, that is actually quite powerful meeting people physically it really does you leave much 100%. more i'm so with you on that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah that, that, that's how it works you know that's how it's worked for me um, right so yeah. let's give this a little bit more in like you know like in this whole visibility thing because i mm. think this is like super powerful for artists how do you approach it now like do you do you have like favorite platforms the world is moving so freaking fast and there are constantly new things coming up like new types of social media yeah and, like new yeah. platforms place your work here place your work there and like yeah. you know yeah like so how, it, yeah how do you approach it, it, the visibility now it's, dif it's difficult. I, I, do you know what? I think things have changed even from, from when I started. I, I must say I would hate to be a student at the moment because there are, you're, you're right, there's so many, the, the, it's so diverse. And you think, I would be like, well, where do I put my work? Actually, I would say I'm at the point where I, I don't need to at the moment. I, I actually, people come to me. I don't have, I don't search for people. They come, I, you know, people come to me. Yeah. Um, I, I really count my blessings with that. I, I honestly, I don't know what I honestly. Sometimes I think, well, what have I done to deserve that? Good what, karma. I, perhaps I don't know, um, but I don't. Yeah, I don't need to do that anymore. So I, I don't. Perhaps I'm not the best person to ask in that respect. But I think well, you probably did station, something in the past yeah. that triggered that. Like you know, I wish I so could say are. I did that. But I guess it was a combination of things that I that I did right at the time. And also, like, um, you've, got, you've got to be a bit tenacious. You've got to grab the opportunities that, that come to you. And you've got to make the sacrifices. Because actually, the problem with freelance in general, I think, I think you know, my experience with, with illustration and, and graphic design is the same, is that um, the jobs will not stack up for you. They will come yeah. all at the same time. And everybody and has you, deadlines. <laughs> and for yeah. everyone, the deadline is yesterday exactly so you've got to be able to manage all of that you've got to you know and you've got to take it and if you don't take it then you've got to understand that that person might not come back to you again and you right. might have to chase them so it's difficult it's a difficult thing to juggle um and but i would say visibility wise well firstly the first thing is if it's possible go out and physically meet people okay that's the big, physically meet big people thing. physically impress the flesh go, go and speak to people um and the second thing is or have something up on art station you know art yeah. station i think has got to be for the for the entertainment industry at least the visual entertainment industry i think it's probably the best platform out there by far mm -hmm. um and then there's the classic sort of facebook instagram twitter i guess for me instagram is probably the best way of getting my stuff out i get more response from instagram yeah, well, you've got quite a bit of people there. Like it's over twenty k, or maybe yes. even more. When I yes. was checking, yeah. Yes, that's right. Um, it, and it's funny how I don't. I'm not an expert on social media at all, but I guess what I try and do out outward facing anyway is to just be genuine with it. You know, if I if I've got if I've done a bit of work and I want to share it, I share it. That I don't have a plan. Yeah. Uh, so I think I guess it's to be. Um, to be genuine, to, you know, not not to try and um, engineer a successful social media, but but if you're a practicing artist, then actually you've already got 
the, the right material to, yeah, to a lot. the right foundation. So all we've got to do is learn how to share it and when, and when to share it. Um, I guess a, a true social media expert could take what I've got and then make it even more successful, probably. But I, I don't know. I, I kind of like the fact that it's actually an extension of my person, personality or my perhaps not my personality but an extension of me as an artist my social media like yeah um, yeah yeah and so Love that. i will post when i'm done i don't have a particularly uh, pattern yeah. that i post but, so it's not like um, you you try to do like i don't know post a day or post a week you don't really do if, that if or? i can do a post a week that would be great there are some times and it's getting worse actually where i can't post anything because uh, what i'm working on is under a, a non-disclosure um yeah. so but i think really personal work um I, I will always share that that's like i say that i try and make that an extension uh, yeah of, of what, you know the social media aspect of that yeah. an extension of what i'm doing right so pretty much you know like for you it's facebook instagram and art station and you don't really do like a lot of other things no no okay. um i guess the other thing is conventions as well are good as well. Like we went to Monster Palooza a couple of years back yeah. and then there's a ZBrush Summit and all of that sort of stuff. That's really useful too because you get to meet some... I mean, those sort of events are great mixers because I think a lot... I don't think I've ever encountered a snobby artist at any of these events. Like, they're, they're, everyone will talk to everyone. And so it's a really good way of meeting people. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. The, I will. In many cases, is the only way to meet artists because, like, everybody is so far from each yeah. other. Yeah. Mean, yeah. Very rare. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The people are in the same place. Well, yeah. that's yeah, that's quite cool. And so basically, then from there, you know, like as soon as you like, you get your stuff visible, you like, you get requests, and then you kind of like just uh, make sure yeah. that you prioritize uh, people that you want to work with. Is that how it works? I think so. You? Yeah, I, I've had a. I actually did a, an Instagram Q&A uh, a couple of weeks back and I had a few questions like that. Well, how do I get work? How do I get work? Well, that's what guess, people ask all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I can understand because I was in the same boat as well, actually. And but I guess the thing is, firstly, to be patient, not just with the industry, but with yourself, because artism is a journey. It's not an instant thing, you know, like you. I, you always want, inst and I know what it's like is being like, and even like doing art school at 25, you want to make, you want to know, you want to be a success, you want to be a success straight away. But art is not like that. It's not a, a switch. You can switch on and off. You know, yeah. I, I always thought that actually, even at art school, I thought art was, a, being good at art was a plateau. So once you've climbed it and you got to that plateau, that was it. You've made it. Yeah. Um, but the harsh reality is that that plateau is like, you, okay there isn't okay it's, it's not there it doesn't exist and um you'll be constantly climbing that ladder of art yeah. the whole of your life if that's what you want to do wow um, and so you know i think that's that i would say that to people like that people want to do the big xm studios stuff straight away it's not going to happen if, if you come out of school like no one's going to employ you to do that stuff because you're not experienced enough you've not got you're not got the time in you're probably not good enough either. Um, it's not to say that you won't be good enough, but it's like you, you've got to understand, you've got to put the time in, you've got to learn, you've got to get experience, you've got to, like I did, throw yourself in the deep end, I guess, yeah. and, and learn these things. Um, and so, yeah, I, I get that a lot. You know, how do I, you know, and, and yeah. I guess the, the answer is that you, you have to be very self-aware 
Um, mm -hmm. You've got to be, you've got to be able to look at yourself. And, and what helps is asking people for, you know, direct feedback. Yes, feedback, and and the right people, not just people that are going to say yes, that's great. Well, so that's not kind good. of a not your not mom, good. I guess, or like not your mom, not your dad. Um, uh, but it's nice, you know, if you want to feel nice about yourself, yeah, definitely. But, um, <laughs> um, but you know, you, you've got to ask people, you know, ask the general public if you can, you know, because a yeah. lot of those people will be super brutal, but sometimes that's what you need. Yeah. Um, and that's what you've got to do. You've got to, you kind of got to put yourself out there and, and, yeah. and be able to distance yourself and look at yourself from a distance and think, well, you know, I need to improve this, I need to improve that. I want to work for Blizzard or I want to work for, you know, Re Respawn or whoever. This is a style of work they do, so that's what I'm going to focus on. Um, it's all that sort of stuff, tailoring your portfolio a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, definitely love that. Yeah, 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 yeah 100%. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, um, so for you now, actually, you know, like uh, talking a little bit about tailoring the portfolio, you've got this very specific style. Mm. So uh, can we talk a little bit about more about yes. that because yes. it's very peculiar yes. you know like you don't make monsters no you don't no. Make, you don't really yeah. make hot chicks you know? no. <laughs> <laughs> you probably could uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's very very specific what inspired you to or inspires you create well, what you're creating and actually how would you yeah. describe this in general we can. Well, it, it's funny because I, I, you gave me a question sheet of stuff that you that yeah. you might ask, and one of those was, "What would you be with it if you weren't a three D artist?" And actually, I've realised with age is that um, uh, is that I would I would actually be um, a historian. I, I, you know, I okay. would be like um, the non Indiana Jones archaeologist sort of stuff. Okay. <laughs> Not the, not okay. the non sexy one. So, is this, um, okay, yeah, no the non sexy one. I, I love how you're blunt about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would, I'm really into history. I think I've always had that. And funny enough, we were talking about moments in your life, you know, that, that shape you earlier. But I guess one of the other one that I had was my, I remember I was about, I must have been about seven or eight, and my dad bought me a book back, and it was an illustrated history book. And I've okay. still got it. I've still, I've still, still got it somewhere. Um, and yeah, I just remember reading through it, and I love the pictures. But I, I was, I, I read it back to back so many times, um, and it was just something. It just really clicked. And I get my dad's into history as well. You see, so um, we have, we have so many chats about it. And, um, but wow. I, I'm very much into it. And, and actually, the, one of the big periods of time that I'm very interested in is the turn of the century. Turn of the, 20th century, you know, um, Edwardian yeah. history. So very much around the First World War, that, that era. And so I'm, I'm very much, I, I tend to kind of get, read a lot about certain things. So I get very much into a period of history and I read and read and read loads about it. Um, and I just get really interested. And of course, one thing, again, going back to what we were saying before about my social media presence, I want, I, I want to come across as a genuine person and honest I think there's an amount of honesty there and, and and actually I want that in my work as well so I don't tend to look a lot at Art Station for influence although I, I'm a big fan of a lot of the artists on there I think there's some amazing artists I try not to let any of that stuff influence me and I'm thinking well what do I want to do what do I want to say and actually that was something I learned doing illustration 
like we all have a voice and actually I, when the AI takes over and <laughs> we're all out of a job, we'll yes. still have that voice. That's what makes us an, in, an individual. Everyone's different. Everyone has that. And we are a filter of the world. The world comes into us and we are a filter and we get what we yep. output from that filter. And so that's why I wanted my work to be. And of course, what happened was it was the history stuff, the stuff I was reading. So um, that was very much a, a, a catalyst uh, mm-hmm what i wanted to do so uh with your you know like with the history work and like historical figures like do Mm. you actually you know like make kind of a next question is do you tailor your portfolio that's coming back to the visibility thing so do you like is it an effort a conscious effort to tailor to something or is it just like you know like the overflow of your personality it's overflow actually it is overflow i guess that it's funny i was just thinking about that in terms of I don't really feel like I've got anyone to impress anymore. And, and that, that, that was a big thing when I first started ZBrush. It was like, I've got to do, I've got to do a really good Scott. I've got to impress people. I've got to get my work out there. I've got to, you know, I've got to get this guy impressed and this guy. But after a point you think, well, I'm actually working in the industry I want to work in now. And I'm doing all these sculpts professionally anyway. So what else do I want to do? I guess there's always that thing in the back of my head, well, you know, You've do, you're doing this all professionally anyway, the stuff that I wanted to do. So like, what else, what is it I want to say? What is, and that's that core thing about being an, just a general artist, isn't it? I think you just want to wanna create something that's soulful and it means something to you. And I think, guess that's the overriding driver for those sculptures. There's no, I'm not trying to impress anyone. I'm not trying okay. to get a job out of it. I'm not, it's just me telling a story or wow. working on a theme yeah. or whatever. I love that. And the fun, well, the funny thing is, actually, it, Marie, is that um, it, 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 people would gravitate to that as well. It's really strange because I'm not trying to make gravi- – I don't care. At the end of the day, but I would do those because I'm not getting anything out of it. I'm not really – there's nothing going on there. I'm not trying to get work. So even if it sat there on Instagram with no likes, nothing, I'd still make it because it's my, my yeah. stuff. But what's nice is people gravitate to that, you know, and people have the same interests and, you know, that, yeah. and it, it draws people in. And that's what I found with it. You know, it's, it, it's actually quite, it's nice. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, basically yeah. it's, yeah, well, I get, I, I, I get what you're saying. So still like, mm-hmm. even though you're not trying to move further with this specific thing, like you will still kind of uh, build your tribe around yourself. I guess so. Yeah. I think that's the thing about, being an artist isn't it i think you eventually everyone wants that they want that kind of following they want they want to be known for a certain style or a certain yeah thing or, um and the funny thing is when you stop looking for it it comes to you yes. <laughs> it's like that cat in the corner of the room if you try and pet it it will just run away yeah but if you sit there it will come it'll be all over you in about half an hour you know and it's the same it's the same thing um if you're yeah. genuine and research your soul for what you want to do yeah and that, i think people naturally gravitate to yeah um, yeah wow cool that is a very powerful chunk of the topic here yeah um <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. like another another thing that i really like wanted to touch the base on is a little bit more on the freelance side of the mm. business we're talking a lot here about like uh art as business i really wanted to get your opinion on uh, how would you price 
freelancing yeah, and like you know i'm sure that like many people ask that and actually i've seen your instagram q a really good we'll put a link to the show notes yes please do really yes. really, really really good like i definitely recommend everybody reading <laughs> reading through the q a it was really good anyways so really wanted to get to get your opinion on uh, kind of a pricing yourself because it's yeah. easy to overprice and underprice especially yes. for like beginner artists where you have not much of a you yeah, don't really have well i i would say i still have no idea how to price my stuff and many people don't um but here's the thing i just as i well you've been doing it for five years at least so at least exactly. you, you <laughs> you definitely have at least some idea yeah, yeah i do um i mean i guess the um the big thing is time so it's figuring out and every this is where it's difficult to describe because everyone's different in how they space their day out and what they want to achieve in the day and all of that so i guess firstly it's figuring out your, what your priorities are and then secondly it's figuring out well how long is it going to take me to do stuff and even though um someone will always flash something up in front of me and they'll be like well how long is it going to take and how how much are you going to charge and i am still struggling i'm thinking well it's gonna, but then i'm i am looking because from drawing from my experience I think, well, it's going to take me this long to do that, this long to do that, and I'm breaking down a concept or whatever. And then, so that's basically you come up with a system whereby, for me, it's about days. So I know that I can do, I mean, my, it's also coming up with a concept that other that the client can understand as well, because I may not work eight hours in a day, but, but you have to describe an eight-hour day to a client for them to understand, you know, um, uh, what, what, you know the, type, the space of time you're going to take to do something. So basically, that's how I work. I just say okay. hey, a working day. So uh, I know roughly um, I can get a certain amount of stuff done in a working day, and that day is chargeable about four. I mean, base rate about four hundred pounds a day. Okay. So I know that's my base, and that's what you need. You need that base, and then once you go from there, you think, well, I can get in a miniature, and you think, well, that's going to take me two, three, four days. So, you know, 1200 quid or whatever. Um, but then you've got to think, well, this guy's budget is probably less than that. So I need to spend a day and a half on it instead. Uh, and then you need to tailor, you know, you need, and that is the most difficult part, especially with miniatures actually, because you'll get to a point where you're, you, you, you've got a, you need to get a certain amount of income in a month. Yeah. And, um, you can't spend two weeks making a 30 millimeter miniature. You can't. It, no. It's not, not, it's not practical. Well, I mean, um, you can, but it's not that anyone will pay you for that. No, well, they will, but it won't be so small. I mean, okay, so I guess the, the, to, to be specific, I, I guess a lot of um, 30 millimeter miniatures, you'll make about four, five, six hundred pounds, depending on complexity. So on my scale, that's a day and a half maximum. So I've got, if I get one of those jobs in, I have to sculpt it within at least two days. And if it's over a day and a half, then I'm starting to lose money. And that's the way you've got to see it because your time, that's, that's your time is your money. You know, it's your currency as a, as a sculptor. And you've got to be very careful how you spend it. Wow. Um, but it's difficult. It's and I always I know. I, no, but thank you for yeah. sharing that. I think this right. is this is gold because like literally in in this case you have to be very careful about like where your time goes. Yes. I think in the statue industry you you will find and this is the same I think a lot for a lot of creative industries is that you'll you'll get client you'll get 
a mixture of clients. You'll get very good clients. Some of them are ex-artists that will understand the process. And you'll get the other flip side, which are they are hobbyists. And they expect you to enjoy their projects as much as they enjoy it. And that's not most of the time, nine times out of ten, it's not going to happen. It's not your project. you know. And sometimes people struggle to understand that. And you, as an artist, have to be able to overcome that, understand what they want and deliver. And um, it can be very difficult because two people can have different, you know, uh, feelings for the project. Um, at the, the bottom line is, Maria, if, if I wouldn't be, if I wasn't getting paid for anything, I'd be doing what I want to do. I'd not be making stuff for other people. Oh, yes, definitely. And that's what definitely. you've got to understand. So they, they are paying you for your time. And that's what you've got to understand. It's the business, yeah. business side of things. Um, yeah. It gets worse going into the bigger statues because you are looking at three, four, five months of work. So, I mean, you're looking at about... Yeah, eight... and exactly. Like, the budgets are different. But then, like, uh, yeah. What is, like, uh, what is the average, like, on the, on the budget for, for the big gen project? Generally speaking, it can vary. And actually... Um, I remember one of my good friends saying, um, "It's not, it's not the art you pay for, but it's the art of the name." And actually, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's kind of true in in this sense as well. Um, but I guess the, to be precise, well, to be kind of precise, between eight and sixteen thousand dollars for okay. uh, a quarter scale, depending yeah. on complexity. Um, that that's what I've kind of encountered in the industry again i think and i said this in my q a it's all about time so you can take on a job for 10 grand um but if it's over four months um it's actually when you break it down and if you're, you're going to be working on that statue constantly over those yep. four months actually it's not that much you could actually yep. if you make because a miniature it's also every before day, tax. yeah exactly and then you've got tax and all of that yeah and then if so if you made a miniature every day of those three months you'd actually make more money yeah. so th this is it this is where it becomes a business and less about art in that respect um and of course the other thing is you must take a deposit because if you're working for 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 three months four months um you, you without you're working without pay if you don't have a deposit so you have to take half up front otherwise you how are you going to eat when <laughs> Yeah, I love that. No, like you, you actually have to take yourself seriously. You have to take yourself as a company, I guess, the company yeah. of you. Yes. Yes. And I think this is the problem with, I, I guess, with the entertainment arts itself, because it's a very lighthearted medium, isn't it? I mean, it, it's, it's fun. Yeah. It's, it, and it is very hobby based. But of course, to make a living out of it, you have to change your mentality a little, a little bit like that. Um, and actually, funny enough, so going back to what we were saying about my personal work, yeah. that is where my, my headspace in my personal work is remo so removed from that business side. And that's what I felt I've had to do, you know, to keep them separate. Um, and that, that, I think that's helped me as well, because I think you can get personally involved in a, in a, in a paid project. And that sometimes, sometimes it's helped me. And most of the time it, it, it's proved a problem because you end up doing favors for people. You end up, slipping on the timelines a little bit and then yeah whenever you do that you lose money um that's wow, the reality yeah. that is true so like yeah. do you time your personal projects as well like do you at all like no no so sometimes and it, it just depends on they're very whimsical actually they're my, my personal stuff so like i i will 
if I'm not, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I fancy doing this or I fancy doing that. But a lot of the time, I have a big statue I'm working on at the moment. But I've actually got one at the moment. But then sometimes the drive is not there within me to, 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 to work on that. But so that goes on over a long period of time. And then in the shortest space of time, I just sort of make heads and basically whatever I fancy doing sort of at a time. Um, and there'll be like two or three day projects that I'll just work Okay. At. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Oh my God. We've touched so much today. Like it's like literally like crazy, insane. (laughs) So James, I think the time is about up to finish up. I'm going to do a little tradition that we have here. I'm just going to go through 10 questions that I'd always ask. Uh, Feel free to answer like one sentence couple of words just yeah. kind of you know like uh, keep uh, <laughs> okay no that you don't have to but it's whatever <laughs> all right fine so what's your favorite place in the world i think actually i think rome rome was awesome i'd like to go back there at some point uh, it's just full of history I'm a history buff yeah um yeah definitely rome while you're working what are you listening to oh i'm a big metalhead so I am Maiden. Uh, I can see that. I can see that in your T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, mostly that, and it just it it's motivational for me. So I need noise um, cool. to work. It's funny. But, yeah. So what's your best way to gain inspiration? I think um, reading. Actually, funny enough, re- reading um, and also documentaries. I watch a lot of history documentaries and stuff like that. And what's your big live goal? I would like to be a monumental sculptor. So I would like to sculpt wow. monuments and, and things like that. So um, that's what I'm kind of working towards. I don't see a future, like a long-term future in the, stat, in the collectibles industry. Um, I would like to be do more, I, mean, I guess that's more fine art perhaps, but wow. um, yeah, I'd like, to, I'd like to make big statues. I would love to have you back on this podcast in a couple of years and you know, like, <laughs> yeah, talk about cool. that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> All that right. Too. What's your favorite drink? This is really embarrassing, but I don't, I don't drink alcohol. So milkshake. Okay. <laughs> <Strong>. <laughs> but I love it. I love Vanilla? it. I, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sad, but there you go. <laughs> okay. First thing you do in the morning after you wake up. Uh, I always turn, I open, I turn my computer on and open ZBrush. Right. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Why the hell it doesn't surprise me. Okay. <laughs> What's your backup career? We spoke about this a little bit already. I yeah, sorry. I I, I, I mentioned this earlier, <laughs> but I guess yeah, um uh, historian. Yes. So, or, or, yeah. Cool. How do you say the non-cool one? <laughs> the non uh, archaeologist, like the uh, yeah. non-Indiana Jones. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yes, that one. Give me a book recommendation. There is actually The Art of Looking Sideways by a designer called Alan Fletcher. Wow, I haven't read that. Um, it's one of the best books I own. If you're a visual artist, any sort of visual artist, it is um, one of the best books um, wow. because it, it deconstructs visual um, art um, in a, in a, from a designer's perspective. But you can, it, they're like life lessons. You can learn so much from, from that book. Um, so I'd hi- it's a big thick book but it's, yeah, it's yeah. an amazing book cool. definitely check it out all right cool we'll put a link again in the show notes mm. definitely definitely yeah. okay um so who are your heroes who do you admire 
I I very much like um, Lane Decker. Lane Decker is one of my favourite artists uh, of all time. They're mostly artists, I guess. Um, I think Baze is another. Uh, yeah, Baze is another artist that I, one of my favourite artists of all time is J W Waterhouse. Um, okay. And I, I actually a couple of years ago I, actually, I had the pleasure of um, going to one of his the gallery shows with all of his work. I think they were saying it's probably the last time all of his work will be displayed on the one roof. So I had the luxury of, of going to that and I was just uh, amazing stuff. One of my favorite artists, definitely. Wow. All right. But I'll give you these links as well. Yeah, uh, cool. Yes. And uh, some of the top things on your bucket list? I don't have a bucket list. I made right. myself not have one because it's like, well, I, I, I change. I'm constantly changing of what I want to do. I guess the big thing is the, the, the monumental sculpt, sculpture, but funny enough, in terms of travel, in terms of, I mean, I'm going to Tokyo in, in a couple of months, things come up and I'm like, oh, I want to do that. I don't really have a list, you know. Um, That's so cool. I, 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 absolutely, that. I absolutely love this attitude. Just like, yeah. you know, don't put it in a bucket, straight like yeah. take it out of the bucket and kind of, you know, like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, throw yeah it. totally. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, I guess that was the last one. That's uh, right. you know, like 10 and 10. We're done. Okay, <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, James, thanks so much again for your Welcome. time, for coming yeah. and like for loads of insights. I was like, you know, like taking like notes as we were, as we were speaking. That's amazing. Like we've got like yeah. so much great content here. So again, thank you so much for coming. It's been really show. fun. Thank yes. you very much. Thanks, thanks for listening to Art Heroes, Heroes Podcast. Check out www.artheroes.co for show notes, more interviews, and free tools made for you by our team of mentors. Tune in next week for more inspiration and keep up the great work, hero.